It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What up, world? Pass first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and now also on YouTube. We are trying to get to a thousand subscribers on the YouTube page by Halloween. We have been we've been in the game for about three weeks now. Uh, we're pushing up towards seven hundred, but we need your help to get to a thousand. So if you're listening to the show and you haven't subscribed already, do that now. Go to YouTube right now. Search for Locked On Blazers. Subscribe to the show. Uh, we post a new video every day of the week, five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts and free video on YouTube. So. Get with the program. Literally, get to YouTube right now and subscribe. I would truly appreciate it. Today's episode is our final edition of the Lockdown Blazers countdown to tip off. We've previewed every player on the roster, and we're we are finally reached the end of this exercise. Here's what we do in these previews. We Look at the performance from last year in the 2020-2021 season. We look at best and worst case scenarios for this season, kind of explore what the polls would be for that player. And then we project expectations and role for the year ahead. We have done everyone on the roster up to this point, all 12 players that are available in your feed. So make sure you check back in your podcast feed or you find the uh, player previews playlist, season previews playlist available on YouTube to find all of those previews. But we're closing out today with the big one, the king of the dang mountain, Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr., Dame Dalla, whatever you want to call him. We're talking about Dame today. So let's get into it, looking back at what he did last season, and then we'll we'll cruise through and talk about the player preview. The franchise is going to go with their franchise player, so let's look at what the franchise player did last year. All Damian Lillard did was average 28.8 points, 4.2 boards, 7.5 assists, shot 45.1% from the floor, 39.1% from three, and 92.8% a career career high from the free throw line his season included six 40 point games and a 50 point night and throughout the year he further cemented himself as the best clutch scorer in the league 
The Blazers played 34 clutch games, which is actually more problematic. Uh, A testament to how good Damian Lillard was are his stats in the clutch. 50% from the floor, 39% from three, 95% from the free throw line, closing basically 50-40-90 in the clutch, right? But the problem is that the Blazers, of their 72 games, 34 of them were within five points in the final five minutes. That is not good. The most clutch thing you can do is avoid close games. The Blazers were not good enough to do that last year. Luckily, they were good enough to have Dame and go 22-12 and 12 in those situations. Nobody scored more points per game in the clutch than Damian Lord. Nobody scored more total points than Damian Lord. Nobody made more threes than Damian Lord in the clutch. His late-game heroics included... Some miracles in Chicago, Dallas, New Orleans, and against the Golden State Warriors. He was just great. And when the, and and even those, you know, those games that I'm, I'm sort of picking out that were like true game winners, you know, hitting shots in the final five seconds or at the buzzer like he did in Chicago, where he basically stole the game in the final seven seconds. Like there were just he was just really good. You could count on him. He, you know, he shot um, you know, 50 percent from the floor in the clutch. He got to the rim, he got fouled, he was just he was incredible. He he shot, you know, an an absurd number of threes, like a high volume and, and made a bunch of threes in the clutch. Like he's just, he, he's unflappable. The problem is that there's too many, there were too many chances last year when Damian Lillard's sort of metal had to be tested. Uh, the best way, um, the, the way to sort of appreciate Damian Lillard's clutch heroics would have them come in fewer games because you know what you're going to get. You don't need the volume to prove he could do it. But last year he got a bunch of chances and he kept proving that he could be the guy in close games. But part of the sort of Dame story last year is that he played a bunch of games without his um, the second and third best players in the roster. You know, Yusuf Nurkic got injured early in the season, and then a couple games later, CJ McCollum broke his foot, and he missed 25 games. So in those games without CJ McCollum and, and Yusuf Nurkic, I think the sort of general logic was that Damian Lord would just go nuts, right? That he would average... Uh, you know, way more points, push up towards 40 points per game, have some 60-point games and all those things. And while he did up his scoring average from 28.8 on the year to 31.5, he also upped his assist percentage from 7.5 to 8.5. He averaged more assists per game when his two, when the two best other players on the team were out because he... He just sort of put, he his, he upped his usage rate too. He just had the ball more. He did more. He just did more. Like he... Instead of being, instead of sort of being the ball hog who jacks up shots, he was just a, more of a control freak. I think is the way like to to describe what what mode he went into. He knew he needed to have the ball without that secondary creator of CJ McCollum. He knew he needed to be sort of more demonstrative in getting guys into their spots because if you're going to start a lineup that's um, you know Gary Trent Jr. and Ennis Cantor, those are just those are good offensive players, but certainly less dynamic than the uh, than the two gentlemen that they're replacing. And what Dame did was he just sort of he took he just took control and kept. The Blazers afloat. They didn't win a ton of games. They weren't super, super impressive in those 25 games that uh, CJ missed before everybody got back and healthy after the All-Star break. But Dame showed why he's so special. 31 and and, and eight and a half is is just a is an MVP type of performance. And he was that good, still averaging about a shade over four rebounds per game in that stretch. And he didn't slow down in the playoffs either. He kept the Blazers afloat without his uh, without his running mates. And when his running mates came back, he was really, really, really good. Of note, uh, with Norman Powell back in the roster, um, or on the roster down the stretch, Damon Lords did see a slight downtick in his scoring. Average just 26 points per game in the final uh, final 15 games of the regular season with Norm in tow. Or excuse me, final 27 games of the regular season with Norm in tow. Uh, just a little bit different feel once, once, uh, once everybody was back. Um, I don't think... I wouldn't read too much into that because I think it's just a different system and we'll see how it works. But certainly when there are more and better offensive score, offensive players on the, on the court, uh, maybe Dame will 
take a slight step back in scoring. We're talking a couple fewer shots a game, and we'll see how that plays out in this season. We'll talk about that, more about that in a moment. But Dame was awesome in the regular season. Uh, earned his sixth All-Star bid, uh, but he was just great in the playoffs. He was just great without a lot of help. And in six games against the uh, Denver Nuggets, Damian Lillard averaged 34.3 points, 10.2 assists, to go with 4.3 rebounds and a steal per game. He shot 44.9% from three, making 5.8 threes per game in the playoffs. He was nuts. And the one you remember is 55 points and 10 assists in a game five loss in double overtime when he was just fantastic, scoring 12 points in the final couple minutes of the fourth quarter to send the game to overtime. He was just phenomenal in the in the first overtime and, and didn't didn't get enough help in the second overtime. Like he he carried the Blazers after the five-minute mark of the fourth quarter in a game that they should have lost several times and he wouldn't let them. And then Robert Covington missed a dunk and CJ McCollum stepped out of bounds and you know how it goes. 55 and 10, about as good a performance as you'll, an individual performance as you will ever see anyone play on offense. Like this was phenomenal. But don't get it twisted. Dame had 34 points and 13 assists in game one, 42 points and 10 assists in game two, and 37 points and five assists in game three. He kicked ass in the whole playoffs. He was bad in game four. One of 10, they scored 10 points, but Yusuf Nurkic and Norman Powell went off and uh, it, it kind of gets swept under the rug a little bit. But 34 and 10 in a playoff series, Dame needed more help. And then I think, I think the weight of realizing you needed more help kind of weighed on him into the offseason. The story of Damon Lord's 2020-2021 season just includes an offseason of thinly, of thinly veiled and then open frustration with the franchise, including a... Uh, press conference with Team USA when he uttered the phrase, I haven't made any firm decision on what my future will be. While denying a trade request, he admitted for the first time that his future with the franchise was openly in question, was in jeopardy for the first time in his career. It might not be the first time Damian Lillard has considered greener pastures, but it's the first time he's publicly done so or publicly admitted that he would consider a future that didn't include him wearing the black and red and a pinwheel across his chest. I guess all the jerseys don't have pinwheels, but you know what I mean. That is the story of Damian Lillard's offseason. It cooled down. Um, I, I don't think there was ever, you know, there were some reports from Henry Abbott of True Hoop that Dame was like very close to considering a trade. And I think it was more that he was or very close to making a trade request. I think it was probably more accurately that Damian Lillard was opening, openly considering what his future would be. Um, he was pretty honest with it. I'll give Dame credit. He was honest with his, open with his frustration. I don't think it ever got to the point of moments away from a trade demand, but I do think Damian Lillard considered, particularly in July, about what a future might look like without the Trailblazers. But now he's back, he's on the roster, and he's two feet in, as Neil Olshay said at uh, at Media Day, and I think that's a good way to describe the way Dame is. If he's here, he's all the way in. He's both feet in and pushing forward and going to try to push forward with this slightly upgraded roster and a new coaching staff under Chauncey Billups. Let's talk about in the second segment what the best and worst case scenarios look like for this, Damian Lillard with two feet in and a commitment heading into year 10 with the Portland Trailblazers. A decade of excellence. What's it going to look like for Damian Lillard when he's back on the court in just a couple days? That's what we'll talk about in the second segment. But first, let's talk about prize picks. It's the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. It offers more props than any other DFS prop operator. 
and you can get all the superstar players plus the guys on the end of bench who only play a handful of minutes. Um, here's how it works. You pick two or five players and you're just picking over under projections so you can win up to 10 times on each entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. That's all you're doing. You're picking the over or the under on projected numbers. You fill out your roster, make your picks, and you can do combos too. You don't have to, it doesn't have to all be NBA. Like you can load up on NBA uh, d- uh, props if that's what you like, but you can you can combo it. You can pick the over on uh, Damian Lord and the under on Derek Carr if you want to be loyal to the soil like Oakland's own. And if you sign up right now at prizepicks.com or on their award-winning app, make sure you use the promo code NBA and you will get a 100% instant match if you make a $100 deposit. So when you deposit 100 bucks using the promo code NBA, it turns into $200 immediately. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use that promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. That's PrizePix, daily fantasy made easy. Today's show is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Listen, you, you know how this goes. You've got a million devices and a, and a wild setup to watch all your different shows, all your different services. So you've got one device that lets you catch the game. You've got another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sport, sports highlights on your mobile device. You've got your neighbor's best friend's granny's auntie's login for the good stuff. Well, listen, how about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without all the hassle? What about a way to get your TV together? It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings you live TV on-demand favorites together like you've never seen before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. So we're still talking Damian Lord. We went through his 2021 season and somewhat tumultuous offseason, but he's back. He's in the building and he's ready to roll. We didn't see Dame a bunch in preseason. He he rested a couple games and played the first half of two others. But um, he's pretty good. I'm not super worried about him getting exhibition minutes. I mean, maybe the Blazers offseason or preseason as a whole was a little bit underwhelming, but Damian Lillard is not a cause for concern, which brings us to our best case and worst case scenarios. These are within reason and without injury. We're talking about best case scenario that is reasonable for the player we're discussing and and a worst case scenario that doesn't involve injuries or anybody's bodies breaking down. We want to talk worst case scenario on the court. And Damian Lillard is so damn good that the difference between his best case and worst case scenario is very slim basketball wise. The best case scenario is that Damian Lillard is the most valuable player in the National Basketball Association. The best case scenario is at the end of the year, Damian Lillard gets the hardware because he is considered the best player in the league. He leapfrogs uh, Steph Curry for the best point guard at his position. He he holds off the like hard charging Luka Doncic and he wins the award because the Blazers are really good and Dame maintains his level, averaging something like 30 points and 9 assists, 30 points and 10 assists, pushing up to that level and still at his 45, 40, 90 clips from the floor. The best case scenario for Damian Lord looks a lot like he's looked the last two seasons where he has been one of the best 10 players in the league, but just a slight, a slight bit better. And the best case scenario means that his teammates come along for the ride. You can't win MVP without being a good basketball team. And the best case scenario for Damian Lord is that the minor upgrades that the Blazers made this offseason that weren't maybe the major overhaul that he was asking for, the, the, the real help to chase a championship that he was asking for, but they're enough of an upgrade to push him over the top. The best case scenario 
is that Damian Lillard becomes the second MVP in Trailblazers history and solidifies himself as the greatest Trailblazer of all time. Now, maybe you're debating with that last part, but you can't debate with the first part. A second, an MVP award pushes him into, you know, even further up into that top tier where he already occupies with Clyde Drexler and Bill Walton and, and makes the argument against Drexler a whole lot louder and a whole lot sounder. The worst case scenario isn't that far off. It's that maybe Damian Lord isn't an all-NBA monster and he's simply an all-star guard. The worst case scenario doesn't look that worse. It's something like 26 and 7. A lot of guys in the league would kill for a 26 and 7 at age 31. But the worst case scenario for Damian Lord is more is has less to do with that on-court production. Say he dips from, you know, 28 and 8 to 26 and 7, like I'm saying here. And that's and that looks feels like the worst case scenario. But the worst case scenario is that the the roster upgrades don't matter as much, and that the Blazers made marginal improvements to the roster, so they see marginal success on the court, marginally better success on the court. That instead of a first round playoff exit, they go into a maybe a second round playoff exit, or maybe they get into a more competitive series and lose in seven games. And the worst case scenario is that this is Damian Lillard's last season in Portland. And the worst case scenario is that the noise that happened in July of last year just resurfaces only louder a year later and less patience than Damian Lord displayed this summer or less willing to kind of see it out. Dame is fiercely loyal. Dame is maybe loyal to a fault and he's someone who has talked about seeing through things that didn't look like maybe they were always going to work out. Uh, for instance, he brought up the idea of the Olympic team where he had been cut from the Olympic team for basically wearing the wrong shoe. Um, <laughs> Early in his career, a team that's run by Nike didn't want another Adidas guy. They'd rather add Kyrie Irving or uh, to the end of the roster. And he talked about sort of sticking with that and seeing it out until he won a gold medal this summer with that same Olympic team, which it seems like he was kind of done with a few years ago. He also likened it to being in a long-term relationship with his now wife, who they've dated since college, and maybe there was times that the relationship was a little bit rocky, and it didn't look like they'd end up at the space they are now. But instead, he had... he had at the end of the summer a big old celebrity wedding in Santa Barbara, tying the knot with his long-term partner. He he compared sort of those two situations with the situation with the Blazers. I'm not saying that if things don't go right this summer, that Dame is definitely gone, or this year that Dame is definitely gone next summer. That is not what I'm trying to imply with the worst-case scenario, but I want to—it is a real part about this, um, his upcoming season. It's a reality facing the team this season, is that some of the implications of how they perform on the court will be either extrapolated by the media and people outside the organization to mean— to to consider what Dame's future is, or they will impact Dame personally, impact Dame and Lord as he is, and make him make a decision about his future, is that there's a chance that Dame and Lord is an all-NBA performer, one of the best players, one of the 10 best players in the league, something like the first or second best player at his position, maybe even a first-team all-NBA type performer this year. That's a worst-case scenario for Damian Lillard, and that the Blazers lose in the first round of the playoffs or unceremoniously in the second round of the playoffs, and he decides that he wants to chase a, a you know, a head to another spot where he feels that he can get closer to a championship after a decade here of being darn solid with the Blazers, but never quite in that inner circle of contenders. The worst case scenario is that we're seeing the final 80 games of Damon Lord's Portland Trailblazers career. It's not that he won't be good. It's not that he won't be excellent. It's that he'll be unsatisfied the way anyone who stays at a long-term job and enters their early 30s starts to contemplate their future, their legacy, and what they want their life to be like as they get older. Aging sucks. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Damien Lord, while he is fantastic and figures to have uh, several more years of being one of the better to very, very, very good players in the league, one of elite company for a while because of his strength and his shooting, uh, thinks he, it seems to reason that he could age gracefully. He's aging nonetheless, and, and you you hear the clock ticking. It's no longer quiet. It gets louder every year. That's normal in anyone's line of work, and even more normal in a league where you are so often defined by your team accomplishments, individuals defined by what their team does. And Damian Lord may find out at the end of this season, in the worst-case scenario world, that he wants to find, he wants to have his legacy in his hands and go somewhere else where he feels like he can have more control because he's done the dance a few times with the Portland Trailblazers. That's the best case and worst case scenario for Damian Lord. Let's talk expectations and role. I think we kind of know the role. He's probably going to start at point guard, but let's talk expectations for this season for Dame to close out the show. Uh, but before we get there, let's talk a little bit about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar in the market. That's what it is. That's what they're doing. They're they're making delicious protein bars. Something for everybody. If you go to Built.com right now, if whatever your palate is, you will find a protein bar that fits it. You'll find a flavor of, of Built Bar that fits it. They're all got great soft and chewy texture. They've got, they're covered in 100% chocolate. And if you're like me, you're look, you're reaching for cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie, but you might be looking for something new like cherry lime or a churro puff, strawberry puff, or a couple new Halloween flavors they've le- they've uh, released for these next couple weeks. So whatever it is, you'll find it at built.com. But not only are they delicious, the best tasting protein bar in the market, they're also good for you, tasty and healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories from 130 to 180, four to five grams of sugar, and no more than five grams of net carbs. Sounds pretty good. So why don't you go get yourself some? Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off when you use the promo code. That's built.com, promo code is LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about Damian Lillard's best and worst case scenarios. We talked about his 2020-21 season, a look back, a year where he was darn excellent and then darn frustrated. Let's talk about his role and expectations for this year. More than, like, it's so narrow for what my expectations are for Dame. He's either going to average 30 and 10, or if things go wrong, he's going to average 28 and 7. Maybe 26 and 7, right? Like, he's he's either going to be, you know... Fifth in the league in scoring or 19th. 
Like, but he's going to be up there, and he's going to be at, probably at worst the second best point guard in the league, unless uh, Trey Young goes nuts or something like that, or depending on what position you think Luka Doncic plays. Um, like he's he's going to be really good, and that expectations we don't really need to to get deeper into that. And role we know what it's going to be. He's going to be a dude who plays. Um, you know, I think they're going to try to push him down to like in the 34 minute range, 34, 35, not 36, 37. A couple years ago in the bubble, he he led the league in minutes. Some of that's a little bit overblown. It was a short season, and then when they got to the bubble and they played those eight games to get into the playoffs, he played forty more than 40 minutes a night. So, like, some of those minutes are skewed by that. Also, the roster sucked then. He had to play a bunch. Like, it's 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 different now. Um, and so I don't think he'll, he'll approach that 37-minute a night uh, mark, and he doesn't want to. But I also don't think he's going to play 30 minutes. I don't think the Blazers can be a good team, like, reducing Dame's minutes. That's not a trick. Um, so it's, it, it like, that. that's, like, a, a reasonable idea, but it's, it's you got to play your best players to win in the league. That's how it works. Ideally, you would play Dame 32 minutes a night, and you wouldn't have 34 games that were within five points in the final five minutes. You'd beat the crap out of some bad teams, and you'd, you'd win some games handily so he doesn't have to play so much. Like, th- that's the way you reduce his minutes is be good. You don't bake it into the system that he only plays 30 minutes a night, and hope that hopefully you can steal minutes with your bench. That's, that is, uh, that's an ideal situation, but not a realistic one. So I think his role as starting point guard, 34 minutes a night, 29 and 8 like that's it but like the the larger picture with Dame is like he's the franchise and so like what it all means for the franchise is is more of expectations I think through the preseason the Blazers have looked pretty uninspiring the offense hasn't looked sharp although I gotta be honest I'm not really worried about the offense I may be worried about them um kind of falling back on some of their habits from the past few seasons when they're a low pass team low assist team and when things get dicey they just rely on isolation from their two best players um that is a real concern but also like they're really good as an isolation team that is a concern that would be it would be like oh they're falling back on old bad habits we'll be concerned about that in the playoffs as opposed to being concerned about it in January and February um it'll be notable but it won't be it won't be a red flag because I think they can rely on their bad habits and still be something like the fifth best offense in the league like I'm not worried about the offense even though it's the the sets are changing the style is changing and they're trying to be more egalitarian and share the ball more and all these things um we'll we'll see how that plays out but regardless if they lean that way or lean the other way I'm not worried about the offense I'm a little bit worried about the defense and Damon Lord is involved in being a little bit worried about that defense he was a bad defensive player last year bad like um not not below average, not anything else bad, like capital B. Um, he has the capability to be a better defender. Maybe not a, uh, not even maybe not, not an elite defender. I don't think Damon Lowe is ever going to be that. But he is, when engaged, he has these moments where you see him being a very, very capable defender. And the idea is that with a new coach and a new system is that you can coax Dame into more moments when he is this engaged and competitive defensive player. I am hopeful that we see that. But through the preseason, the Blazers' defense has looked terrible. Uh, they just don't look connected on defense. They're trying to play more aggressive, and more aggressive means more help. Um, people are really obsessed with where the big man stands on screens, but I'm much more concerned with the weak side, with when 
because of the style they're playing at the point of attack, how much you have to help over. And then a after you help, how much you have to recover and scramble and help each other and, and, and the rotations and the timing of those things and the trust that if you go there, someone will be there. Th those type of, um, the sort of backside rotations are much more concerning to me than the point of attack. But Damon Lord is part of that point of attack problem. And if they're still really bad as point of attack defense, it doesn't matter what style they're going to play. They're just going to give up too much penetration. The ball's going to move too quickly into the teeth of the defense. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't stylistically or, or schematically it doesn't matter as much um I believe that the Blazers can get better on defense. I believe that Chauncey Billups can get this group to buy in and be a more competitive defensive team. I believe that they can be something like, you know, I think their ceiling is something like slightly above average, right? Like 12th in the league in defense. Um, I, I think realistically thinking that them of like the 20th best defense in the league is probably um, right in the range where I would stick them. But so much of it, or at least a, a portion of it, depends on how good Dame can be. Because if Dame is really bad again, then you're always putting negative multiple negative defenders on the floor, whether it's, you know, CJ and Norm or Anthony Simons and Ben McLemore or or what, whatever it might be. Like, I, I think the Blazers can play better defensive lineups this year. But if if you're always at a deficit with that point guard at the point of attack and you don't really have um, a great a great option to play small forward for extended minutes and guard and, and guard uh, big wings there, you're just you're always going to be sort of coming from behind playing from behind sort of a, like hoping that your defense covers up for your sort of personnel's weaknesses so if dame could take a step forward there and the scheme kind the like team on the whole catches up with the scheme i think there's hope for this team to be competitive but i think from what we've seen in the preseason we have to be honest about it they don't look like a good defensive team the same way they didn't look like a good defensive team last year now the nuts and bolts how they look like a bad defensive team have changed Instead of playing a bad, more conservative scheme, they're a bad, more aggressive scheme. But um, as Dwayne Casey once told me, and I realize this is a euphemism that he that's, predates him, but I first heard it from Dwayne Casey, is there's X's and O's and there's Jimmy's and Joe's. And right now, neither are good. The, the Jimmy's and Joe's are not doing the X's and O's at a certain point that matters. But I think... In the grand scheme, Jimmy's and Joe's matters. And the biggest Jimmy and the biggest Joe is Damian Lord. And if he stinks on defense, the Blazers can only be so good. So my expectations is that my expectation is that I believe Chauncey Billups can command this team to listen and buy into the plan more than the previous coaching staff could because he's a former player, because he's had a great deal of success in the league, and because he's a black man. Like, I think all of that, all of those things are just undeniable factors. Also, he's a little bit younger. I think there's there's, there's something like a peer. Chauncey Billups was in the league when Damon Lode was drafted. He played two seasons in the league, I believe, after Dame was drafted. So um, it's, you know, this is, this is... I, there, I have reason to believe that this works out with Billups, but it, part of it working out with Billups is Dame takes an individual step. There is not, there's, there isn't necessarily scheme stuff or all these things that are going to hide Dame's shortcomings. If he's bad, it doesn't really matter what it is. If Dame takes that step forward, this team can take a step forward, and I think that's really my role. That, that's really my expectation for Dame's role this year is that he has to be the guy to buy into the scheme, set the tone, and then everyone else will follow. The offense, I don't, I'm, who cares? I'm not worried about it. They're going to be awesome, I think. They're going to be very, very good on offense. It's the other side of the ball. If they want to be, if they want to be a team that is 
taken seriously when the postseason comes. Uh, I think it's a playoff team pretty much regardless. I think, you know, like something like the bottom half of the very, very tough West is, is where they're going to end up. And but if and when you get there, when you get to the tournament in the postseason, the Blazers, their sort of fate will be decided by how serious of a defensive team we think they are and how de- serious a defensive team they can be. Uh, we know how good they can be on offense the same way we know how good Dame can be every single night. It's about sharpening up your shortcomings and that Dame shortcomings in many ways mirror this team's shortcomings. That's going to do it for our Damian Lower player preview. If you have not listened to the other player previews, they're waiting in your feed. If you're a podcast listener, they're waiting in your podcast feed. Just look for, uh, they're all labeled season preview and you can go find them. If you are a YouTube listener, hi, uh, nice to see you. Um, but there's a playlist, all, all season previews. I'll link it at the end of this video and I'll link it in the description of this video so you can find it. You can watch them all get ready for the season. The season starts in a couple days. Starts starts Wednesday. This is Monday's show, uh, October 18th. It starts Wednesday. The season starts Wednesday, October 20th. So it's, it is here. Um, it's here. So I, that's why I want to use the Damian Lord preview as sort of a season preview as well. Um, I'm excited. We're going to have a, a mailbag for you on, on, uh, Tuesday show and then Wednesday morning show will be a preview of the Blazers game against the Sacramento Kings. Matt George of Locked on Kings is going to join me. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Sacramento's matchup and the Western Conference at large should be a ton of fun. Uh, We'll have more shows later in the week. Lockdown Blazers comes at you five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. So subscribe on YouTube, subscribe in your favorite podcatcher of choice, and then tell your friends to do the same. Tell them they can just search Lockdown Blazers, and we will be right there waiting for them wherever they want to get their podcasts. Appreciate listening. Talk to you soon. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.